Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, is it? A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. You have made us the biggest podcast in the world, you and our friends over at DraftKings. Oh, do I love DraftKings. Anyway, serious topic. It is rare that we are serious here on Stupidity. The name of the podcast is Stupidity. The logo is me sitting on a toilet, okay? We don't do much in the way of serious around here, but every now and then we do, and we're going to do so today because there's some serious stuff going on in the world of sports, specifically with Naomi Osaka, the French Open. She's withdrawn from that tournament. The Grand Slams are very upset with her. I happen to agree with her. I don't think we know enough about mental illness and anxiety, but we found someone who does. His name is Marty Fish. He is a very, very good friend of mine. He was once ranked number seven in the world on the men's tennis tour and had to withdraw from the biggest match of his life against Roger Federer because he was dealing with some of this, with some mental issues, with anxiety that paralyzed, crippled him so much that he was unable to walk out on stadium court for the biggest match of his life. So Marty Fish will join us. We will be serious with him for you know a good 30 to 40 minutes, have some fun uh, at the end with Marty Fish. But this is a serious topic, and every now and then, 
Uh, we like to dabble in the serious sports stuff here on Stupidity. So allow us to do that for 40 minutes with my good friend Marty Fish because I think he will give a lot of insight into something that a lot of people don't know very much about. They have no idea. It could be happening to you right now and you have no idea. You just chalk it up. Hey, everyone's anxious. Everyone has stress. No. That stuff can cripple you. That stuff needs to be talked about, needs to be discussed, needs to be put out in the open. And Marty Fish is the perfect person to tell you, A, what he was dealing with, and B, why you need to get that stuff out of your life, out of your system. You have to do it. And with Naomi Osaka and everything going on there, he has been a huge support. Uh, he has been a huge supporter of hers and her team. And so I think he has some great insight into what she is going through and what he went through uh, back when he was dealing with it, I think about 10, 11 years ago. So Marty Fish is going to join us. Mikey A., I am told here that you will only be joining me for the open and the close, that you have to leave. It is odd. It's a weird fucking thing that's going on here, that you can only be here. Um, I mean, listen, in your defense, you're not paid to do this. So you can only be here for the open and the close. And Metalark, you might want to get on that, okay? But anyway... Um, the open and the close, you can only be here, and then you're leaving for an hour. Why? Why? What is going on? I don't understand. Uh, I'm going to go attend the Knicks funeral. Okay. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. I fucking lost last night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> go say goodbye to that dearly departed friend, Nick. Uh, you know what? And you're right. Mike, I'm, it's funny because Nick called me. Well, he didn't call me. He called right before he died. He called me, okay? And he said, listen, if I die tonight, I want you to deliver my eulogy. <laughs> so, so I'm going to be, you're going to the funeral. You're attending Nick's funeral. I'm going to be interviewing Marty Fish. I'm supposed to be the guy who eulogizes Nick. What, what's going on here? We should do this, though. We should do this eulogy. We should do this. This would be great. You're right. You're you right. giving the eulogy. Yes. All right. Listen, audience, do me a favor. Allow us to be serious, okay? Allow a man whose logo is him sitting on a toilet to be serious for 40 to 45 minutes with his good friend Marty Fish. And then tomorrow, 5 o'clock, during the Levitard and Friends 24-hour marathon, 5 p.m., it is me, Mikey A., Stu Potity, and a Nick's fucking eulogy, okay? Let us be serious now. We'll go back to being immature jackasses tomorrow at 5 o'clock. But first, my good friend, serious stuff, Marty Fish. Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. I have been enjoying ice-cold Miller Lights for as long as I can remember. In fact, I enjoyed some over the weekend. As the Knicks beat the Sixers in advance of the second round, me and my friends, we sat around, we celebrated. With ice-cold Miller Lights, what did we do? We made fun of Joel Embiid. Oh, I love it, the Knicks. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. All right, my friend Marty Smith is with us here on Stupidity. I want to wait, start up. over. My last name is not Smith. Oh my God, I just <laughs> what is Stupidity? Keep it in, Marty Fish, my friend Marty Smith. <laughs> Marty Barty, uh, my friend Marty Fish with us here on Stupidity. I wanted to bring him on 
for a number of reasons. What's going on with Naomi Osaka? I want to talk about that. Marty has been through a lot of that. He voiced his support uh, for Naomi recently, and so I want to get into that. I want to get into his top five clay court players of all time because I think we have a disagreement here. Possibly set up a charity tennis match with me, Adnan Verk, Marty, and Christopher Mandog Russo. So there is, there's a lot. And we got the Tahoe Golf Tournament we got to talk about. Uh, Marty, after 477 episodes, you finally made it here. How about that? I mean. I got on. You know, I could I could have gotten on, and I was telling Chris this before the show, and I wanted to save this for the actual show. So I get a text from Stu, like, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the, the Wednesday, the second Wednesday of the U.S. Open 2019, uh, Coco Goff is still in the tournament as like this phenom. She's like 15 years old. Uh, Medvedev is like basically in the semifinals. Pat, uh, Johnny Mack is commentating and all. Hey, do you think you can uh, come on the show? Come on the show. But you think you can bring uh, Coco Goff? who's still in the tournament, Medvedev, Daniil Medvedev, who I've never met in my life, who's in the semifinals on the men's side, and yeah. and Johnny Mack, who, oh, but just so you know, tell tell Johnny Mack I grew up down the street from him, so he'll know. So, uh, yeah, if you could just do that. Oh, and you, by the way, you come on too. No worries. Uh, uh, I got that text. Uh, so that was the – that was I could have come on if I had come through with those three players in the middle of the U.S. Open. I could have been on like a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> game I like to call using you to get to other people. I mean <laughs> – it's a great game. You, you should feel honored. Well. You should feel honored, Marty. I mean, you play it well. <laughs> and then I and then and then I haven't spoken to you since, right? Until until I uh, reached out the other day, asked yes, you to do this. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, Marty, you voiced your uh, your support for Naomi Osaka. Um, I read an article in the LA Times. I know you went through um, anxiety and and some mental illness, and so. Let's kind of start right there. What experience do you have, uh, Marty, if you could explain to the audience just some of the things you were you were feeling and what you were going through uh, during your career? And I'm certain you're still dealing with it today. Yeah, um, I appreciate you bringing this up because it's something that's close to me, um, important to me. Uh, so in 2012, um, I had uh, a heart issue, what's called uh, tachycardia, um, and it's a uh, it's a fairly uh, common procedure. It's called a, an ablation that you get it fixed. There's electricity around your heart uh, can malfunction, and when it malfunctions, it's like the quarterback to your heart. When it when it malfunctions, it tells your heart to beat. So like fire, boom, fire, boom, and they can malfunction. And when they do, your heart doesn't know anything else than to just beat. And so they're they're firing uncontrollably, and your heart's just beating, beating, beating. So it's a really, really uncomfortable situation to be in. It happened a few times until we figured out exactly what it was. I had to go to the hospital a couple of times because I just I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't stop my heart from beating two hundred and. 30 beats per minute, you know, and, and, you know, just super fast. And so it was really traumatic. And from that, um, I developed a severe anxiety disorder. So like from the traumatic experiences that I had, where I felt literally legitimately thought I was dying, you know, I couldn't stop my heart again. So, um, so, so I've been through, um, I went through that in 2012, uh, along with a lot of different sort of expectation changes, stressful sort of changes in my life. My career had, had gone from being a top sort of, I don't know, 20 to 30 player in the world to a top 10 player. And, 
the number one American. And so my expectations had changed a lot. And all of a sudden you're, you're playing in grand slam tournaments and you think that, uh, you know, whereas before, if you made the quarterfinals of a grand slam, you would think, Oh, that's a, that's a phenomenal result. And you take that every, every slam. However, you know, when you're seated to make that, uh, that far in the tournament and you, you know, and you don't, and, and you make the fourth round of a major or the quarters and you still feel like you haven't done enough, um, I had a lot of expectations that changed. So a lot of different stresses and, and stuff, um, in my life. And, and so from, you know, some, from a lot of that, uh, you just, I developed and, and developed severe anxiety disorder, uh, so much to the point to where, uh, in that U S open 2012, I had to pull out of a match, uh, in the fourth round against Roger Federer. So like the, you know, on labor day, uh, you know, that CBS match that we always heard of, um, uh, uh, the commentary and, and, and everything. And, and just, you know, it's the match you want to play and the, 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 the situation you want to be in, if you're a professional tennis player, um, playing the, you know, the greatest player of all time on that stage. And, and I, and I went to the courts and couldn't play, um, and, and felt like that was the only way for me to feel better. Um, so I pulled out, um, and, and, uh, uh, got home eventually it took me like five days just to get home. Um, and from there started the road to recovery, but it took a long time. It took uh, like a year and a half for me to, to get back on the tennis court. Um, it took me months just to leave my house um, uh, outside of going to the, going to see my psychiatrist and the, you know, the doctor. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's still, um, I still take medication every day. Um, it's still a daily, um, a daily battle, um, but, but I win every day. And um, I learn from, uh, experiences that make me feel uncomfortable or, you know, make me feel anxious, stressful, things like that. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the alcohol and caffeine and sugar and stress, you know, just stress period. So I cut a lot of those things out of my, out of my life and, and at least try to, I obviously you can't have a stress less life, but, um, uh, you know, you need something to motivate you to get out of bed and that's, that's anxiousness and stress anyway. So, um, so that'll always be there and you don't want, not want that, um, uh, there, uh, uh, you know, now, and, and then sort of moving into what Naomi has been dealing with. I, I know, uh, Naomi well, and, and, uh, she actually lives out here in Los Angeles. We've, we've hit tennis balls a few times. And so we've, uh, um, so I've gotten to know her, um, and her and, and her agent really well. And, and so, um, just uh, just not knowing exactly what she's going through or what she's feeling to to pull out of a, a major championship um, when you've won the last two. Um, she's also a girl that that um, that understands history and understands uh, what she's trying to accomplish in her sport. She understands she's only 23 years old. She's won four majors. She's won the last two and that have been played. And, and so she understands that she's going to, she's tr- going to try to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. So to just pull out of an event where you're trying to win your third of, you know, hopefully many um, uh, in a row uh, is, is obviously very rare. Um, and, and for someone like her um, means to me that she's really dealing with something serious. And, um, and I hope that, that she gets the support that she does. I've already spoken to, um, you know, her agent about how, um, you know, how I went about my situation and how, um, you know, how she can sort of get um, the right help or the right, I don't know if help is the right word, but just understand her situation, understand what she's going through. Um, 
and uh, and 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 just get a better feel for um, mental health and 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 all that. So I I wasn't a person who understood mental health at all before I went through it in 2012. I didn't have anyone that was really close to me that dealt with it, um, and so I didn't know. I didn't know about it. It took me a long time to understand what I was feeling and going through. Um, and if I didn't have the support system that I had, and that's a really important part of, of mental health when you get really deep into it, if you don't have a support system, um, meaning, you know, people that care about you and that, that check on you and that, um, you know, that, uh, and I was fortunate to have a wife, you know, still have a wife and, and she was there for me, um, uh, a ton, her family, my parents, you know, and, and my friends. So, so if I didn't have that support system, there's no telling where, or if I'd still be here just because I was in such a bad place. Um, so you can get there. And I, and, and I just, you know, I hope that, that someone like her, um, uh, can, you know, can, can rectify it soon and, and get back on the court as quickly as she can. Um, I don't see her getting on the court anytime soon, to be honest. I mean, she's got, you know, there's not too many weeks from, from now until Wimbledon, um, and uh, I know she really excels on the on the summer hard courts in the U.S. So, you know, that's obviously something that that she wants to, um, you know, to 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 be full, fully fit for and, and mentally and physically. And so, you know, I hope that she can get, you know, get there at some point soon. But but tennis takes a backseat for her right now. Marty, I am wondering because I want people who are listening to try and understand if they're having some of these feelings. So I'm wondering how long was it from the time you realized that you had something going on until the time you actually sought help? Because I think um, a lot of people just feel anxiety, Marty, and they think, hey, everyone's dealing with this. It's just daily life. It's stress, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, look, as, as, I think as, athletes as men specifically um we're sort of trained to to hide you know negative emotions or just sort of hide uh how we feel um how you feel you know you have a headache or something how you feel and oh, i'm fine you know whatever you know, it'll go away you know it'll go away like it's always sort of the thing we're you know and then as athletes and specifically tennis players are so you know we're trained to never show weakness, never show fear or try not to show negative emotion, anything like that. And um, it was really important for me to understand that. Uh, and it took me a long time to do this to, to that. It was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to, um, to show weakness. It was actually strength to show weakness at that point um, at that point in my life. And, and so um, it took me months to really feel like what is, you know, I, I remember, um, uh, kind of early July, I was sort of feeling I was in Wimbledon, I was at Wimbledon. And so I was sort of feeling a little uncomfortable, um, sort of hard keeping food, not keeping food down, but just hard to, to eat in the mornings. I was just really, really, really nervous. It felt like initially, you know, like that sort of gut yeah. feeling in your gut when you're just nervous about something coming up or like, you know, and for me, it was, and it can be anything. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be a professional athlete. You don't have to be a radio host or, or, or anything. I mean, everyone has stress in their life and everyone's in their own world and it's, and it's hard in everyone's world and everyone's bubble. It doesn't make yours or mine any different than, than someone who's got, you know, a regular job or whatever, a nine to five job, they still have stresses in their life too, that, that they have to deal with. And so, um, uh, uh, anxiety, depression, panic, that doesn't care. They don't care 
what your name is or what you do for a living. Um, it, it, it can consume anyone. And it's important to, to show that vulnerability when you're not feeling well. Um, it's, it's okay. And that's why I came out with all of my stuff because A, it made me feel better when I talked about it. When I was open about it, um, it made me feel more comfortable in that moment. So I liked talking about it. And then B, I was a, such a big sports fan growing up um, and still am that uh, I didn't have a success story that I could sort of lean on or rely on um, or look on or look back on and go, oh, well, that guy, I've, I've heard of him. And, you know, he he struggled with mental health, had to leave his job, had to come, you know, but came back and was successful and and came back and, and beat it and, and got back into the and not only beat it, but excelled. And, and so. I wanted to be a success story for for someone, anyone, whether it was one person or five people or 5,000 people. I didn't care. I just wanted to be a success story in the mental health space. Um, and, and we've seen since then, we've seen lots of people come out, um, lots of folks that, that you know, we've heard of in the sports world um, and then lots that that haven't um, or that, that we haven't heard about, but are but are you know, high profile people, whether they're CEOs of fortune 500 companies or something like that. I've, I've gotten, uh, I've had outreach from, from all sorts of people that, that you guys have heard of that, that, um, you haven't heard of, um, and, and sort of spoken to and, and, and sort of broken down, um, how I went about beating, you know, those situations when they come, you know, when they come up and, and, um, you know, what tools I used. Um, and ironically, and I know we'll get into the golf hopefully pretty soon, but like, ironically, a lot of, a lot of times I take my mind and try and I call it changing the channel on negative thoughts. So I try and change, I try and change the narrative, what I'm thinking of in my head. And, and a lot of times for me, the golf course is a really comfortable place to be. And so what I'll do is I'll go and close, I'll close my eyes and I'll go and very vividly play, like put the tee in the ground, put the ball on the tee, look at what number ball I'm using all the way through to hitting every shot and playing every hole of like my favorite golf course in the world, whatever that is. And so that for me helps me. And, and ironically, I only get to like the third hole and then my mind sort of switches out of it. And I've never actually gotten to like the fourth hole or the fifth hole because my mind is able to change. Your mind is so powerful um, and can take over you and consume you, but it can also, it can also help you. It can also change. Um, you can change the narrative with your mind through your thoughts um, as you know, just as quickly as you got into those, into those scenarios. God, that's fascinating. Uh, it seems for you, though, Marty, like success only made those things worse. Whatever was happening inside of you, mentally, anxiety, the success made it worse. You got all the way up to number seven in the world, and then it really started taking over uh, your life. Is it safer to say, is it fair to say, I guess, that maybe being ranked 20th or 30th was easier on you than being ranked number seven in the world? Well, we see that with a lot of people. We see that with a lot of individual athletes, certainly tennis. I mean, guys are just really comfortable being ranked 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 in the world because they don't have to answer those questions in the press of uh, they don't have to have the eyeballs on them at all times. Um, you know, if you're the number one American tennis player, um, it may not be a massive mainstream sport here in America, but there is a niche um, sort of uh, following of it, just like, you know, just some of the smaller sports here. And obviously it's it's huge 
Um, it's huge in, in across the globe, uh, you know, big in 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 Europe and, and such. So, um, so it's a obviously a very popular sport. So when when the you know when Andy Roddick took the court every time as the number one American for you know basically the entire part of our generation, James Blake was also a number one American during my generation as well. When they took the court. People noticed and people saw and people watched their results. And, and you know, if you have a couple losses, um, you can feel that. You can feel the energy from the press. You can The questions start becoming a little bit different. Um, who knows with, with Naomi's situation where, you know, she that's not her best surface, Clay. She hadn't had the results that she'd had in, on the hard courts this year um, uh, uh, leading into the French Open. And maybe she's getting these questions a lot and they're just uncomfortable and they're making her uncomfortable to the point to where she had to pull out of one of the biggest tournaments of her life, of her career so far. I mean, she's never been in the position to win three straight majors. Um, and so here she was and she had to, and what made her most comfortable was actually not playing. And I think that speaks uh, uh, speaks volumes. Uh, it happened to me almost identically to that. Um, so I hope that you know, I hope that she gets the the um, sort of professional stuff that she needs and and understanding that she needs to um, to uh, uh, to to you know to become uh, to learn more about it and to become you know become a better person. I know Chris has a question. We'll get to it in just a second. Can you take us through because? I think people have a hard time understanding this. You got to seventh in the world. You're about to play the biggest match of your life against Roger Federer. I think most people are saying, hey, I'd be super excited. Like, here I am. I've arrived. Okay, Marty Fish. A lifetime of work was poured into that. Can you describe for people? Because I want them to try to understand what that feeling is. Okay, what you were thinking, what you were feeling maybe the night before or on the drive over to play that match. So um, it's funny that you you word it like that because um, I, I had and I, I mentioned my support system before um, before we started or, or you know in the beginning of this conversation and and I had my wife in the car with me so we get tra- you know U.S. Open transportation or Mercedes will come pick you up at any hotel you know it's real nice uh, real, it's like an Uber and so they'll come they'll come snag you and you bring you to the courts and you know, I'm not, I'm feeling just horrible and, and not under, you know, and just not, I'm, how am I going to play this match and how am I going to feel better? I just want to feel better. I just want to curl up in a little ball and feel better. Um, and my wife in the car, I'm, you know, I'm crying in the car and just like, I, how am I going to do this? And, you know, I'm like a 30 year old grown man, you know, and like, I, it's, I've never felt these feelings before in my life. And, and thank God my wife was there and she goes, she says, I'll never forget it. She goes, you don't, you know, you don't have to play. And for us, us meaning like just athletes or, or, you know, and specifically tennis players, um, we're not programmed to think like that. Like, so I never, ever would have thought, oh, why don't you not play this, you know, monumental match that, that you've, you know, that you've dreamt about playing your, you know, your entire childhood or, or your entire career. You've worked so hard. I mean, in 2009, I went on a diet and lost 32 pounds to get in, to get in shape, to change my career, which eventually changed my life. Um, uh, I don't think if I went on that diet and like changed my, you know, lost those 30 pounds that I would be the Davis Cup captain today. I wouldn't have had the career that I had um, post that, uh, post 2009. So, so I worked incredibly hard to get to that moment. So to think like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just going to, I'm just going to drive over there and I'm going to tell the U S open officials that I'm not playing this match today. You know, 
And it just, it never would have registered for me. So thank God that she was there to tell me that that was okay. Cause I didn't know. And I wouldn't have known. Marty, how do you kind of deal with though? Cause the, the whole sport, the whole concept of high level sport is kind of designed to press on every bit of mental anxiety, mental strength, uh, and you know, mental weaknesses even. So how did you eventually learn to cope with that? Because I think one of the things for me that I'm interested in as it relates to Naomi Osaka is, well, if these sort of things are, are cause you to opt out, as they caused you to opt out, how do you then kind of come back and kind of be okay with them when only more stressors, and particularly for her as her star grows, like yeah. she might become the most famous tennis player in the world that will only heap upon even greater mental stress? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're going to see that this is putting her, I mean, we're talking, I've got... Uh, CNBC on uh, straight ahead that, that and, and they're talking about Naomi Osaka. So like, I mean, I, I, I can't, um, and then they mentioned uh, Ryan Garcia, who's someone, uh, the boxer who, um, uh, who had his bout postponed in due to mental health, he said as well. And they're, they were just talking about him. So, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, if not now, she is on her well on her way to being the most famous woman's athlete um, in the world and, and, you know, maybe all time, obviously she, we've seen her break every record in terms of, in terms of endorsements and things like that. She broke another record this year. She made $55 million. So it's like more money, more problems. It's like more wins, more problems, more, more, uh, you know, more, the more you have to deal with, you can't hide anymore. She's, she'll never be able to hide. She's very polarizing. You can recognize her and her, you know, her hair from a mile away and, and she's a total star and she, and, and, but deep down, she's a really shy, sweet girl. And she's very, you know, and like just being shy doesn't allow you to, you know, neglect your mandatory press engagements and things like that, that you have to do. And clearly that's not what's going on here. She's not going, Oh, well, I'm just shy. So I'm not, I don't want to talk to the press today. Um, I think the, I think the French Federation, the Tennis Federation over there, the ITF, the WTA had a real chance um, to sort of step back when she did announce that um, the day before the event to, um, you know, to, to, to really do some, you know, maybe some groundbreaking stuff of, of saying, hey, let's really, you know, if this is something that you're even thinking about, you're even thinking about pulling out or something, you know, of, of this event or something like that. Um, uh uh, you know, maybe this is something that we need to we need to spend more time on. Obviously, we've seen um, since then that the you know the, the four governing bodies are gonna are gonna come together and see if they can put something together. But um, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, if they don't if they don't call me and ask me, you know, right. what I went through and what I dealt with, they're not doing they're not doing um, they're not they're doing it a disservice. And I, I don't mean that meaning like, hey, call me because I know everything. But like, I went to a tournament. And it's a similar situation where like, you know, I was trying to make the quarterfinals of a grand slam and try to go through Federer doing it. And that's for me in my world, like playing the third, you know, trying to win a third straight grand slam. Like that's my test case for what Naomi's going through. Um, and, and, and then, you know, like, like I said, like I said before, it's, it doesn't matter it doesn't care that you're going for your third major or that you're playing Roger Federer. It just cares that you have a ton of stress on you that you need to take care of this. Um, and that you didn't as quick as you should have. Um, and so we need to get on your mental health right away. 
And I hope, you know, again, I've said it before and I just, I hope she gets, and again, I don't think help is the right word. I just think she hopes she, she starts understanding um, that there are avenues that you can do and take to, to really feel good. And, and I, I did that as well. And like, I was able to get my life back. I was able to go out uh, with friends again. I was able to have a beer again, um, which I never thought in, you know, the, the sort of first 10 months that I would get that back. And eventually I got it back. And then eventually I got back to the U S open and eventually I got back to playing in the place where, um, where I, where I couldn't play for, for three years prior. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, they have a real opportunity now to, um, to really further along the dialogue and, 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 and help individual athletes at least, um, with their mental health. You won't call it help, but I will. There's no shame in, in getting help and asking for help uh, because, to me, that's exactly what it is. But, Marty, I'm, I'm wondering because people have a hard time. They struggle with this, and I'm wondering what you say to these people. The people who say, hey, it's part of the job. The people who say, hey, she can go out there in front of 50,000 people and play tennis at that kind of level but can't answer a few questions after the press conference. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I just say, look, look at what um, – I would just say look at what – it did to her, um, meaning she couldn't compete. She thought it better to go home and not play in this, you know, and try to try to win the third, her third straight grand slam. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I've had, I've had conversations with friends, um, over text, just sort of saying, you know, why, why she is part of, it's a, it's a mandatory thing. It's part of her job. That is what it is, you know, just do it. And, um, it, it, it's clearly not as simple as that. Um, it's clear for her, for her, it's not as simple as she's done in her whole career. She's, she, she can go up there and say, you know, do the Marshawn Lynch and say, I'm just here to not get fined. And, and that's easy to do. Um, that that's actually way easier than what she was going through and what she was doing. Um, she was trying to take a stand for herself. Um, maybe for others that were, that, that were feeling the same way or similar thoughts of her and uh, that she is. And, and so, you know, and so that's, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it is part of the job, like, like every other sport, but, um, but, but if she's gone this far to pull out of the event, um, there's something that's, that's more defining in there that, um, that she needs to take care of, and they need to understand that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, I want to get to your uh, clunky transition here, but you were uh, you were great on that on that topic on that subject, and we appreciate it, and the audience will appreciate it. Go to, um, go to commercial right here for a second, and then come back. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, exactly. We'll, <laughs> we'll put something in there. But I want to get to your top five clay court players of all time. Okay. okay? So I just quickly, I know I got to get you out of here. Top five clay court players of all time. I want to discuss a tennis super league, and I have a game for you at the end. Uh, fish or fishy, okay? <laughs> it's a stupid game, okay? But it's stupidity, <laughs> and I'm stupid. Uh, I objected. Give everyone your top five clay court players of all time because you so tweeted Nadal, this out a few weeks ago, and I was yeah. outraged by it. Okay. So Nadal, number one. Um, right. uh, I had Djokovic, number two. I had Federer, number three. I had... Um, uh, Borg number four and Nastasi number five. Is that what I had? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Ily Nastasi. Yeah, Nastasi five. So, so Nastasi right. five because of the amount of tournaments he won. He won an incredible amount of events. Uh, I, I could argue, you know, you could you can argue with a Gustavo Querton there. You can argue with a Tomas Muster there. You can argue with a Jim Courier there if you wanted to. Um, I went with Nastasi because I didn't want to just go this generation of player. All right, so I asked Adnan Verk, who is a, a massive uh, tennis fan, his top five clay, uh, clay court yeah. players of all time. Would you like to hear his real quick? Yeah. Okay. He has Rafa, Federer, Bjorn Borg, Lendl, and Querton. I have Lendl, Wielander, Querton, Borg, Nadal. I think the guy that you left out here is Lendl. I mean, the sawdust. He won three French Opens, Marty. He did. Yeah, he won three. Um no, look, Lendl was great. Look, the way that I looked at that whole thing was put Nadal in his era and how many does he win? If you take out Nadal in Djokovic and Federer's era, I think Roger has at least five major, five French Opens. Um, he lost to Rafa four finals in multiple semis um, and won one. Uh, so, so I'm going to give him five French Opens without Nadal. I'm going to give Djokovic the other five right. um, since he's won one and beaten Nadal there. Um, and then and then it's like the Borg, you know, I can understand like Borg retires at 26 years old. He's won five French and five Wimbledon. Um, but just put Rafa and I'm OK with someone putting Borg too right. and not having them. But but put Rafa with Borg. And let's just see how many he has, because it, Nadal is the is sort of the the equalizer to, to all of it. Uh, Whittingham, you see what happened there? Marty Fish has his own fucking personal record book, man. Yeah, <laughs> in, 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 in Marty Fish's personal record book, Roger Federer is the greatest French Open player ever. If not he for Rafa Nadal, <laughs> he won it once. He won it once, and he never beat Nadal there. But but yeah. I'm telling you, man, the guy the guy is by far. By far, in his generation, the, the the he was the second best clay quarter there for ten years, and then Djokovic right. came on the scene and blah blah blah. The rest. Is well, speaking of Adnan, he wants me to try to set up a charity match. Okay, um, me and you versus Adnan and Andy Roddick or James Blake. Both of them are very good friends of yours. So, do you think yeah. we could set that up? And do you think yeah. we win? I think we should play against Andy's. Nothing makes me feel better when we beat when I beat Andy and any. <laughs> you um, went to high school together, right? We went to high school together. We lived together when we were 16. We had we went to this, we were going to the same school. We were going to the same tennis practice after school. We drove separate cars because I thought I had a faster way to go to school than he did. <laughs> Who was the better basketball player? Oh, I was for sure. He no, he he rode the pine. Um, he came in for defense, <laughs> de defense and rebounds only. I mean, it was like, hey, Andy, don't shoot when you get the ball. Pass it. 
pass the ball, just defend and 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 play defense. And what were you doing? Hitting threes, just raining threes. Um, shooter shoot, baby. Shooter shoot. <laughs> Who had more success with the uh, with the girls in high school? You or uh, Andy Roddick? Andy and I, we we did pretty good. Um, you know, there weren't a, a whole lot of, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of time with, uh, with, 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 uh, tennis and school, um, tennis more specifically than school at that point. But, uh, but, uh, we, you know, we, we had a couple that we, we had the same, you know, he date a girl and then I date the same girl <laughs> and vice versa. There wasn't a whole lot of, a whole lot to choose from at that point. All right. Uh, quick game. I know I got to get you out of here. Fish or fishy. Then we'll talk golf. We'll get you out of here. Casual yeah. tennis player. Dressed to the nines, fish or fishy? Uh, fishy. Yeah, yeah. That's Mike Ryan, by the way. Just so you know, <laughs> yeah, with his golf, right? With his golf game. <laughs> oh, you'll see. You'll see in Tahoe. Yes. Uh, peeing in the shower, fish or fishy? Fish. That a boy. Casual tennis player who drop shots and lobs you to death, fish or fishy? Uh, I mean, I'll go with fish, but it is fishy. I, I would you. do that yes. in a hard. I do that in a senior tour. They get super annoyed. I think it's funny. Listen, you do that to Adnan when we play. And Roddick, by the way. Okay, I do it to both of them. All right, oh, drive the whole them crazy. Okay. The whole time. Catch up on steak, fish or fishy? Uh, fishy. Thank you. I almost divorced my wife over that. Tennis bag with multiple rackets for the casual tennis player. Fish or fishy? you have a friend who shows up like that don't you (laughs) okay farting on a plane fish or fishy uh fishy you gotta hold it person i know person who wears fed gear while watching roger federer play fish or fishy we just call that adnan or no yeah (laughs) that's exactly where i thank you peeing in the pool yes adnan Fish or fishy? Peeing in the no, pool. No, don't pee in the pool. Don't pee in the pool. Fishy. Okay. All right. You can pee in my pool anytime. A group of adults who, who love Roger so much, they started a fan club called Hashtag Team Fed. Fish or fishy? Yeah, that's fishy. I mean, that's ad man fishy. <laughs> I love I mean, it. I love it. Does anyone so, like anyone more than he likes Federer? I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, he likes Federer more than I like my wife. I mean, that is, it's, it's, um, more it's than Mike weird... and, and Whittingham like Chelsea. I mean, it is it is yes. it is personal. Yes. Uh, so how are we going to do Lake Tahoe, Chris? This is very exciting. Chris Whittingham made this happen. Now, Marty, believe me, at some point in time, I would have called you to try to get me into this tournament, uh, but we haven't arrived there yet. Now I don't have to, thankfully, because Whittingham <laughs> got us in. You are the reigning champ at this Lake Tahoe tournament. The only person I have ever had on from the Lake Tahoe tournament was the magician? Are you familiar with the magician that comes out there? That's phenomenal. Matt, <laughs> he was, you had Matt yeah, on. We had Matt on. He, he listen, phenomenal at Tahoe on my podcast. Dreadful. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I should well, say that. I mean, he's. A I'm going to meet him guy. in three weeks. <laughs> I mean, a magician does visual uh, 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 tricks. I mean, you can't do it over Zoom. I mean, it's so hard. No, was, Matt's it, phenomenal. It was a bad idea. You got to see him. You'll see I him. Know. He's there all week. He's phenomenal. He'll blow your mind. It's incredible. I, I, I didn't mean to offend you. It was a terrible call by me. You're right. You don't have a magician on radio on a <laughs> on an audio <laughs> medium, but I went for it anyway, and it was terrible. So what I do in those situations is I just bash him after the fact. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's my greatest magic trick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So how are we going to do this? Am I going to be playing with Marty Fish? I'm a little. You're the you're the defending champion. 
Uh, you're a scratch golfer, I think. Uh, you're really, really good at this. Depends you told Mike Ryan I was going to finish in last place, which really upset me. So how are we going to work this out? Am I playing with Marty Fish? And will, be, will I be playing into the weekend with Marty Fish? That's what I really want to know. You need uh, – well, I think you get to choose. You'll be able to choose uh, in, in depending – so they'll go like NBC Sports – American Century Championships, maybe Harrah's, you know, some major sponsors. And then, you know, they'll get to you guys and I'll, I'll probably be there. I mean, I, hopefully I'll still be there. And uh, uh, but I mean, there's some awesome guys to or, or gals to play with. So, I mean, I wouldn't there's a, a Trey Mullins is a she's like a female long drive champion. Like, I mean, play with her over me. I mean, I don't know. I want to I mean, play with you. No, listen, if I'm going to play with anyone over you, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Tony Romo, and that's it. Otherwise, it's you, my man. Or Kenny Aaron's G. Boring. Yeah. Don't play with Aaron. He's so boring. <laughs> How about Kenny good, G? At least Tony's <laughs> good. At least I mean, at least yeah. he can play. Like Aaron can't play, and he's boring. You can tell him I said that. Is anyone drinking beers out there or what? Like, can we drink beers oh, out there? Dude, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were drinking two beers a hole because he just signed a Coors Light deal. And I mean, these guys, I can hear the, I'm on four, which is on right. the other side of the course. And they're on 17, which is on that side of the course. And I can still hear them screaming because somebody made, made a, probably a bogey putt um, and, and, and won a bunch of money. So, so yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of drinking and heavily, uh, highly encouraged in Tahoe. Okay. Uh, this is exciting. I mean, listen, Whittingham, do me a favor. Forget about Marty. Get me in the Patrick Mahomes group. Okay. I've been told that that's a Good tough luck. ask. I've, I've yeah, been told it's, uh, I've been told you'd like, you need to, need to be a, a, a patronizer of the tournament or, or in some way you have to be connected. Otherwise. I can't even play with Pat. I can't even play with wow. Pat. So Good and luck. he's a champ. Okay. Well, listen, I'll ask anyone for a favor. My daughter works out with Travis Kelsey, so I will have my daughter get this done, okay? <laughs> my 17-year-old daughter, okay? Uh, Travis Marty, is a thank blast you so over there. Travis is a blast over there. You need to stick with him. Yes. That, you'll have a blast yeah. then. Kelsey's a good dude. I know you got to get out of here. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for your honesty, for being so open with us. Um, greatly appreciate it, Ben. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for finally having me on. <laughs> we'll do it again, okay? Uh, bring Naomi on next time, okay? <laughs> No problem. We'll get her. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to my friend Marty Fish for joining us. Insightful stuff. Open, honest, candid. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed that. Thanks again to him for sharing his story with us and his thoughts and opinions on mental illness and anxiety with us. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Mike, you were not here for it. You were attending the Knicks funeral. I, it's it's an odd question to ask. How was the funeral? You know, it's not like, hey, how was dinner? You know, but Mike, how was the funeral? I mean, it it, it got rescheduled. I what? got all dressed up. I head down there, and James Dolan rescheduled it because he has a concert tonight. Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay, so we'll do it during the uh, Levitard and Friends twenty four hour network. Knicks funeral five o'clock tomorrow. Rescheduled. It's the bottom Stugatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot has changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. What I love to do, what me and my friends do, when we're sitting around, we like to enjoy it with ice-cold Miller Lights. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. 
The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 